0: Hey guys, and welcome back to Real Raw and Resilient with Ronell, where we talk all things real. Today's episode is a little bit deep, or very deep, and you know, I'm just very honored to have my two special guests, so we're just going to get right into it. Hey, I'm
1: Jessie. I was on the first uh, podcast
0: a little while ago, and yeah.
2: (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Akili Gray. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, if you couldn't tell by the title, we're gonna be talking about um, life after loss. And unfortunately, something that we all have in common is we lost our mothers at very young ages. Um, and it's still something that obviously we're going through. It's something we're gonna go through for the rest of our lives. But I think, you know, just along, with my circle, when I thought about this podcast, actually, I think Jesse might have presented it to me. Um, I was like, wait, I literally know someone else who's in the same boat as me. So I thought that, you know, this would reach a lot of different people. So I just want to jump into it. Um, How old were you guys? Um, Where were you? What what was going on? Tell me about it.
2: Oh, all right. I'll go first. Um, So I was 21 uh, when it happened. Um, I was home for Christmas break, um, I was just finishing up it like 2019, it happened. So, early in Christmas break, like about right during finals, uh, I got a call. Uh, actually, I spoke with my mother early that morning um, and she was helping me out with something. And then, about four o'clock hit, and I was just getting done with uh, workouts uh, for football. And I got a call from my dad saying, You know, mom's not doing really well. She's in the hospital. Um, we need to rush her into emergency surgery. And I was like, well, that's weird. I just had a conversation with her earlier in the day. Like, there's, there's no way that happened. And um, what happened was um, she had kind of like an infection, um, and they found like a mass um, at the bottom of her brain stem. And so basically, she had a traumatic brain injury, and they had to rush her into surgery um, in order to remove it. And so I took the very next day, I took three finals back to back to back. And then hopped on a plane that night and was back home in Hawaii. And um, that entire month of Christmas break, um, we were going back and forth to the hospital, kind of watching her recover. And um, throughout that process, we—I mean—we thought she was going to heal from it, and everything was—it was a very slow, gradual process. Um, you know, when you go through a TBI, you have to recover. I mean, you have to teach yourself the basics of, you know, raising your arm, and I mean, just learning—learning uh, learning basic skills. Uh, something that should be easy for uh, the normal, average human being. Um, so we were kind of easing her through that, that process. And then January came and it was literally two days before I was supposed to go back up to Cedar. And I was at, um, was at my one of my best friends, uh, baby Luau, his niece's baby Luau. And we were kind of enjoying the party talking story. And uh, my sister and I were actually gonna drive. It was all out in Hula, And we were supposed to drive to, uh, back to Monalua to the hospital to visit her at the end of the night. Um, so we're getting ready to do that. And, all of a sudden we get a call. Um, my best friend's mom uh, pulled us aside and it's my dad on the phone. And out of nowhere, he goes, mom's gone. And I'm like, I mean, my instant reaction, I was, I was pissed. Um, didn't really understand why, what was going on, obviously. And um, what had happened, she had, uh, in the process of recovering, she was slowly um, learning how to eat. And, but she was struggling with swallowing. And so she was still getting her food through a G-tube or through stomach through a tube. And unfortunately, she had, um, she had aspirated on the food. She had thrown up and then choked on it. And that's what ended up killing her, uh, basically. And so on the way back, it was 40. I'll never forget this. It was a 45-minute drive back to, uh, to the hospital. And my best friend was driving. My sister was in the back and I was in the front and I just remember not, um, not even flinching. I mean, I, I, I didn't cry. I don't think I sh- shed a single tear um, just because I was in such shock that it happened. Um, and it was so sudden. Um, and I'll never forget going in, back into the hospital and uh, greeting my family. And once, once I turned the corner at Kaiser Hospital and saw my mom in the bed, that's when I just broke down and lost everything. And um, still to this day, it doesn't feel real that she's gone. Um, And I think that's kind of just, that's part of life. And um, yeah, so that was a a very summarized version of what happened. It was, it's a very long story. Um, I'm not sure we'd be here all night for that, but that was kind of the summary of what happened.
0: I think it's crazy that how, Crazy lucky we are gifted life and how crazy it can be taken away um, so quickly, life here on earth. Um, For me, I mean, I can relate to so many points in your story, but for me, um, so a little bit of a backstory. My biological mom was not in my life. um, So her sister, who I will be talking about tonight, is basically my mom. She stepped in. She was my mom. And I was 15 when she was diagnosed with colon cancer. I want to say it was stage three or four. Gosh, I literally, I can't even remember because she got into remission when I was a junior. So, um, you know, when we're, when I was a sophomore or yeah, I was a sophomore, we, that's when my whole family was like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. We were freaking out. We were crying. We are you know, everyone all of a sudden was a Christian in my family. It was this whole thing. And She continued to work, she did the GoFundMe, she did everything and then she was fine. She had the surgery and she was totally okay. And yeah, we continued to live life. She went back to work, it was all dandy. And then my senior year, end of junior year, it came back. But this time it wasn't as serious because she had it already and she was in remission to me and my whole family, it was like, oh, yeah, you'll get over it again, I mean, obviously, we were still, you know, oh, my gosh, cautious around her, and with her, um, but this time around, we weren't as, oh, my gosh, you know, freaking out, and she was battling, 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 and this time around, she was flying to Arizona, like, every month, and getting treatment, because the treatment here (laughs) sucks, there's nothing here, Um, the treatment is par, it's basic it's nothing so she she did she wanted to do whatever she could do she wanted every surgery she was like I don't need this part of my body take it out I don't want it I don't want it to spread this that whatever um she fought and she fought and she fought and I think it got really re- real for us even though it wasn't real in the moment when she started losing weight I remember when uh, she couldn't even stand up when she couldn't walk um she couldn't pee, she couldn't, she couldn't do anything. And then I remember when her eyes sunk in, and she looked like a skeleton. And I had thought she was skinny before that. So it was just, yeah, but I mean, at that point, we were still in denial. We were like, no, you're gonna beat this, like, you're gonna have this bad hump. And then you're gonna be like, totally fine, because she died on May twenty third, 2017. And on April first, two 2017, she threw me this huge party, like, that was my 18th birthday she threw me this huge party and I was like oh my gosh like that was like just a month ago like you're fine you're literally fine she cooked me corn chowder and her famous Korean chicken I was like you're literally fine like it's all right and then um she moved from the hospital to home hospice which at the time I didn't even understand what hospice was I kind of just thought it was for old people young me and then um then people kept coming over with food and I was like hold on what's going on here this is no um and May is when we end school here in Hawaii and so I had finals and how kumama works kumama Hawaii um Monday Tuesday Wednesday you have finals um so she lived in Honoka'a and LaPo, uh, my dad lives in Lapoiehoi and my school was in Keao. So from Lapoiehoi to Keao, it's about 45 minutes. And then from Honoka to Keao, it's about an hour and a half. So I wasn't staying at her house during finals. I was staying at my dad's house so that, you know, I didn't have to wake up extra, extra early to drive an hour and a half to school, what like one way and then an hour and a half back. So I would stay at home, drive to school, then drive to her house after, hang out, do whatever, do a puzzle on the floor. Like that's what we were doing. And then I remember on Tuesday night, I was like, okay, like, it's like 1030 11. I got to go because I'm tired. I got finals in the morning. It's literally my last day of school was Wednesday, the 23rd. And I was like, I got to go like, I'm a senior like, like, this is great. Uh, I remember I went to kiss her bye. she was already like, her eyes were, were barely opening and she wasn't saying anything to anyone. And she would squeeze if she needed something or she would lift a finger. I don't know. And so I said, "Okay, bye. I have to go. And she sat up. I'll never forget that she sat up and she said, why? You have homework? Like with an attitude. (laughs) I was like, I have finals tomorrow. (laughs) Like tomorrow's my last day of school. Like, yeah, I do have homework and stuff. I got to go. And I had my anatomy final the next day. So I didn't have any final. I had anatomy. I was like, I got to go. And then I kissed her bye on her nasty chapsticked lips on the lips because when you're like sick like that she had colon cancer you like throw up a lot so you put like chapstick all the time so your lips don't dry out and oh I remember I was like okay bye and now she went in she was like Mwah. um I always thought that like she knew and then that was uh, like 11 10 30 11 I got home and I woke up to the text um and I remember getting into the car and having to drive 45 minutes to my last day of high school and she was gone. And it hit me right then and there, that 45 minute drive that I had to drive myself. My dad wasn't even home cause he had left for work already by the time I woke up. So it was like, it was hard. It was really hard. And it was my last day of school. She missed my graduation by four days. Like it was my last day of high school. That was really, really hard. But I was, so yeah, I was 18 and it was my last day of high school.
2: So <laughs> a, definitely a tough one to go through. Um... Kind of like you said, so many points kind of related to that. And, you know, the night before my mom passed, um, the whole entire time in her recovery, she was literally speaking bubbles. I mean, she couldn't form a sentence. She, was, she would smile and not even smile, show a grin a little bit and kind of react to certain things. But she was so foggy. I mean, you couldn't really tell anything. Um, and so then the night before she passed, I randomly, I, I'm at home, I'm about to go to sleep, getting ready for bed. And then I get a FaceTime call from my, one of my aunties. Um, who was at the hospital? And I didn't know she's at the hospital. And um, she called and was like, oh, "Okay, this is random." Picked it up, and sure enough, it was my mom on the phone, sitting up, like nothing ever happened. And earlier that day, we had visited, and she was bedridden, like she didn't want to talk to anyone or do anything. Um, but she was, she was up and acting. I mean, completely fine. And she goes, "Oh, did your shoes come in the mail?" And I'm like, "Shoes? Like, how did you know my shoes came in the mail? I never talked to you about that while you were like, you were." sleeping i mean at that point you were recovering in a coma basically and so she starts talking with i'm like oh, okay all right that's a little creepy but all right you know i love you mom i'll see you tomorrow and you know her last words fortunately to uh, my sister and i was you know i love you honey and good night and then it's like so you, so you're kind of blindsided by all of this and you don't know those are your last moments and i'm just very appreciative and fortunate that those are the last words i shared with her um, and that's something I can hold on to forever. So I appreciate it for that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Um, being able to hold on to those. My mom passed really quickly. Um, I remember it was during Christmas break. I just got back from like a fantastic trip with my friends. Um, Kylie and I had just gone to Europe and I was staying with her family on Christmas. Um, December 26th I flew home she picked me up I think from like the Portland airport um we had like lunch with my auntie because she lived down there and like great time whatever so I was out on Saturday and then Sunday morning she she woke up with like chest pain out of the blue and she's like okay I like this isn't good but like I don't want to go to the hospital like see if you know I'll pop some aspirin see if it goes away I'm like, okay, like, you have like half an hour and if it doesn't go away, then like, I'm, then I'm taking you to Tacoma. Um, and it was like 10 minutes later and you could tell like she was getting scared and she's like, I I need to go. And so my brother and I drove her to the hospital and we were originally gonna go up to Tacoma because we hadn't had the greatest luck at our ho- local hospital. Like Renell knows, like we've had multiple family, you know, things go on there and just not... Great luck, but that's, you know, conversation for a different day. But like, you could tell she was getting scared. And so we went to the closest hospital, even though Tacoma would have been like maybe 20 minutes extra, but whatever. So we go in there. Um, So I was really bad chest pain. So, you know, they bring her back and triage her immediately because they don't mess around with any sort of hard things. Um, They weren't sure what's really going on. So they admit her and it's, they do some testing they drug her up too at that point. So she was like, she was feeling nothing. She was asleep. She was having a grand old time sleeping in her hospital room. Um, but there was an aortic tear. Um, not really sure how it got there. She's had a history of like high blood pressure, um, but it wasn't to the point of like being medicated anymore. And so it just, it wasn't like an issue anymore to us. Um, but we think that's probably what caused it. But anyways, um, Doctor is going over the different options with us. And, um, you know, he's like, she was like, you know, we could put a stent in, you know, and here's what could happen. Or, you know, we could leave it be and just medicate, but it's probably not going to fix itself. So my dad and I, we were the ones pro putting the surgery. And my brother was actually like, "Eh, I don't know guys, let's, but it's, it wasn't, it wasn't going to fix itself. So we went ahead with the surgery. On Tuesday nights, New Year's Eve, um, I go home. My mom, you know, goes through surgery. Everything seems fine. She goes to the ICU. Um, yeah, they said that she had some trouble getting off the ventilator. I don't. They never took her off um, because they know it's just like everything would just kind of plummet. Like she was like she still need to be on it for a while more. Um, so yeah, I spend all day all day Wednesday, sorry, with her on um, in the ICU. Her best friend comes, Sally from Idaho. Um, We're all just kind of hanging out, just chilling, you know, waiting for the time for the ventilator to come out. Um, And then Thursday morning, (laughs) I remember going to the McDonald's drive-thru with my brother, because we're like, oh, we'll go and get like breakfast and like bring McDonald's for everyone. It'll be like, fun times or whatever. And I like call my dad. And he like sounded kind of weird, but he's like, no, like I don't, I don't want anything, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, more food for us, you know? <laughs> um, so we pick up our food, we drive to the ICU. Um, and uh, I remember this nurse who the entire, the entire day before was just awful to us. Like she was just, I ugh, just horrible memories of her. But my brother and I come up and all she says is, I'm so sorry guys. And then like lets us into the room. And um, doctor was there. My dad was there. And I think my aunt Tracy and their parents. um, And essentially, my dad said that mom's not going to wake up. So like, well, that's great. (laughs) You know, at that point, we're kind of thinking that's You know oh she'll wake up that's you know that's it's gonna happen but then you know reality kind of hits it's like that's more than likely not gonna happen um we call the doctor back because he had already spoken to my dad um at that point he had already spoken to my dad before my brother and i was (laughs) even in the mcdonald's drive-thru so i don't even know how he was able to talk with us um but we call the doctor back and he explains to my brother and i what happened and essentially she had a series of mini strokes all across her brain at some point during the putting the stent in. So it's just killed her essentially. Um, we think it was probably due to you know, a combination of the high blood pressure and her body probably fluctuating severely when they were trying to take her off the ventilator several times. Um, so yeah, we got, we got told that Thursday and then pretty much just told all of our friends and family of like, hey, this is what's gonna happen because you know we knew we knew my mom's wishes. Like she wouldn't want to be on the ventilator for the rest of her life. Like we knew it was like DNR. Like she she wants to get to heaven. Like that was that was always her goal. There was no question about that. Um, so you know we decided that we were going to um, you know pull the plug on Friday night. So pretty much all day Thursday and all day Friday um people are coming in and out of her hospital room saying their goodbyes I think I called Renelle I think Thursday night (laughs) just like hey so this is what's happening um yeah (laughs) um I don't even I remember I called you and like two other people but I don't really remember all in all how it was or what I said but yeah so she got admitted to the hospital on Sunday and then pulled the plug on Friday so happened pretty quick
0: so you were 21, 20,
1: 21. I, yeah, 21. I turned 21 like two months before.
0: Yeah. So see, we're all, I mean, I remember getting that phone call from Jesse. I remember her telling me something like, oh, my mom's not well, she's in the hospital, yada, yada, yada. And then I remember she called me one day and she was like, so my mom died and I I think I was still home in Hawaii on break, and my heart had, like, dropped to my stomach. I was, like, what? Because we were just texting about it. We We were, like, yeah, like, you know, she's in the hospital, whatever, and then out of nowhere, she'd called me, and I, and that just, like, triggered me and, you know, my loss, but I was just shocked and so hurt for her that it was really out of nowhere and. It's just, I think it's crazy though, at the same time that like our moms, they kind of didn't want us to be there, there in that moment where the worst part hit, you know, we were there for, you know, you were getting McDonald's, you were at a party, like, you know, like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how that works. That moms are still momming until even when they're not here. I think Mm -hmm. that's just bizarre and beyond, but that is just the power of moms. But I want to move on to um, what has been the hardest thing I know I'll, I'll start For me, it's she's missing out on my peak in life. Um, I was definitely the ugly duckling stereotypical nerd in my family. And I'd like to say that I had a glow up. Um, She would always tease me about my crooked teeth got braces. That braces when I was 20 years old. She missed that. <laughs> she missed my success in pageants. I ran in my first pageant right after she was diagnosed and I lost and lost and lost and lost. And then I won a car. Like, <laughs> I'm sad that she missed that. I'm really sad that she missed that. Um, I'm sad that she's missing that I'm about to get my graduate degree. I'm sad that she's never going to be my husband or my children. And like, that is so hard. Like the holidays, Christmas and Christmas Eve is really hard because we always did it at her house. And she would invite everyone like, oh, the kind's of cousin's coming. Roger, I'll write a card, put $5. Everyone had something under the tree. Like regardless of who you were, the milkman, paper boy, everyone had something. Like she was just the best about that. So that was really hard in the first couple of years because it's a, on the 23rd of this month, it'll be five years. Um, so it was hard, it was hard, I must admit. And sometimes I feel guilty a little that it did get easy Easier, in a sense, um, but then it just triggers, oh, wait, but she'll never meet my kids. Oh, wait, I can never ask her for, hey, how do I sign up for a mortgage? How do I get a loan? How? You know, it, it's stuff like that that triggers me back. Like, I think about wow, like, I think I'm dating my husband and she'll, she'll, she won't be there, like, she'll never meet him. And like, the worst part about it is, like, I think about gosh, like, she would have loved this guy and he would have loved her and they would have had the grandest time together. There's they were both. Well, Cody is, mm, and she was, mm, so they would have been so fun together. And that makes me so sad to think about. Um, And it's sad because I just have to like tell him about her, and he never will get to experience her or her laugh or, you know, having her food, like, oh, stuff like that literally kills me.
2: Yeah, I can definitely add to that. Um, My girlfriend never had the opportunity to meet uh, my mom. Uh, it was very close, we had actually started talking just before she went into the hospital, uh, actually about a month before. Um, and I think for me, the, I mean, one of the hardest parts is kind of looking through these pictures that I have of her and I have so many great memories, but it's like, that's it. There's, I can't make another one. I'm not gonna get another chance to, to call her up on the phone. Um, you know, you have these dreams. And I mean, right now, all it is is I just have dreams when I occasionally see her and it's like, every time I'm in those dreams, I'm, I just break down and cry. And it's just like, like, you don't know how much I miss you. You don't know how much you're missing right now. Um, every, I mean, you're right about going through your peak of, peak of life right now. Where I'm finally adulting and it's, there's so many questions, so many times I just wanted to pick up the phone and call her and, and share the experiences I'm having with her. Um, but with to that, I, I also believe, I mean, I was watching over me and I, I believe that she, you know, she's aware of what's going on, um, whether she's playing a direct role or not in that or not. I, I don't know, but I think as Christians, I think we all can agree that it's it's reassuring and it, and it gives us quite quite a bit of hope that we're gonna see our, our moms again. You um, we kind of were talking about how uh, she, I mean, it seemed like your mom was the life of the party and was, you know, Miss, Mrs. Aloha for that matter. and you know, my mom was the same way, just always smiling. And she was going through so much. She was a, uh, she actually was a juvenile cancer survivor. Um, So when she was 16, she had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And at the time the treatment was just radiation. Whereas now it's, I think it's a mix of radiation and chemo. And I mean, I can remember from my first game as a football player, she had a medical, uh, she had an aortic or not aortic, uh, one of her arteries was severely blocked. And I was like the first of many uh, different procedures, operations and health problems that she was going through. And as a kid, you, you're kind of i mean, My parents did a great job of blinding me to that and kind of sheltering me. Um, but every time she went through it, she did it with a smile. And I remember posting about that and saying like, you know, you were going through so much and I had no clue because you always kept smiling and you kept reassuring me that you were okay. And so for me, that's why I was so blindsided that when she passed, I'm like, no, nah, that isn't that's not, that doesn't add up. She's going to I mean, she's she's Wonder Woman. She can do anything and she, she'll she'll make it through it all with a smile and um when you for me um I kind of hold on to that and and kind of and, and and for some you know the way I connect with her is tr- trying to let her live her legacy through me um for that matter and I try and do everything with a smile as much as I can even when I'm upset I'm pissed off at something. I'll I'll still show a smile or do something like that, and I mean it's a way I stay connected
1: with my mom. Yeah, no, I think that's really awesome. Um, and I I really like how you mentioned that because that's something that I've been kind of aspiring to do too. Because by the sounds of it, I think all three of our moms would have been like grand old friends. Like <laughs> my mom was also one was one that always had a smile on. Um, you know, like growing up, I didn't really know anything about like her childhood or anything like that and obviously I'm not going to get too deep into that but like it was not great and like it definitely like affected her later on and her parenting and like things didn't make sense until you know I was 17 18 she like started telling me like what she went through and yet I had really no idea like she was still like this happy go lucky person and like everyone loved to be around her and stuff and like she was like like she never met a stranger i remember we were at like the Safeway grocery line, whatever. She was talking to the manager and out of the blue, she's like, you're a very handsome young man. Jesse, isn't he a handsome young man? And just like, they were like best friends from then on. Like every time we would go to Safeway, he would be like, hey, Melba, hey. And like 14 year old Jesse was like cringing, Um, (laughs) it was awful. But um, regarding your question earlier, what's hit me the most definitely most recently has been um, holidays like um Easter especially Mother's Day yes but for whatever reason Easter hit me harder um probably because um I was here with my step family and then my stepmom's family came over you know her parents her sister and husband like the whole family was over and just kind of reached a point where I'm like I I need to be by myself because this is not was like too much but like like okay like starting to miss her more like she's not here um just kind of like that hits and it's not like a consistent like I don't know if you guys kind of feel this too it's like not like a consistent like she's on my mind all the time but like when it hits like it hits hard um like obviously like the first few weeks I was like crying at every little thing and now it's just like random out of the blue I'm like I, I need to be by myself <laughs> um to other things, yeah. I mean, the realization that like she's not going to be around for you know my wedding, my if I do grad school, which oh, yeah, by the way, I'm applying to grad school. now. shout out to you for kind of inspiring me, yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Congratulations, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, like not going to be around for that, not going to be around for any of the big things or little things, um, that are going to be coming up, you know, she was only there for the first. 21 years, and there's going to be how many more that she's not going to be a part of. Um, Sucky realization, but that's how it is now.
0: No, yeah, 100%. Like, it hits hard when it does hit. I mean, the first two years, it was, she was constantly on my mind. The first year, I cried every single night because she passed away in May, and I went away to school in August, and I still haven't, hadn't grieved. Like, I was dating this boy who lived in Kauai and so I traveled that summer and I was with him and I was happy and you know we were doing all these things so it didn't really hit me until I moved away and I was like wait Uh, how do i wash clothes mom like how do i do this and i like needed her like oh how how do i cook spam in the microwave like that's when i it really really truly hit me um especially because i didn't instantly make friends so like i wanted to just facetime her so i could have someone and be like oh my god yeah i'm walking to class i'm actually on my phone like it's fine don't talk to me anyway uh yeah that is so true and um I remember when i first started talking to cody i was like just to let you know like i'm kind of emotionally damaged i might just cry a lot but it's okay if i be in the shower a long time that's why but i'm okay um and bye bye by mariah carey hits me if you know that song it literally hits me the second verse is like you never got a chance to see how good i've done you never got to see me back at number one i wish that we could spend the holidays together like (laughs) That song literally hits my heart, but sometimes I just need to play it and get a good cry out. Like, it's just, right? yeah, like, oh, that stuff gets me. Like, that stuff gets me.
2: Mine is uh, by Hui Ohana, God Bless My uh, Daddy and Mommy. And it's like, every time that comes on, I'm just like, oh. the slow Hawaiian uh, song, to, it's just, it hits a spot every time and um, gives yeah. me all the feels.
0: Oh, yeah. But, but like, to your point,
2: I mean, I for me, I was... She passed on a Saturday, I believe it was a Saturday. And that, I mean, that Monday I was back on a plane back to, uh, back to Utah for football. And it's like, you talk about this grieving process and I'm two and a half years on the line now and I'm still randomly crying. It's like, I, I'm, I'm driving home from work and a song comes on the radio or something. I'm thinking about my mom where normally I would call her and be like, hey, like, you know, how's your day? How's your day going? Check this out. You'll never believe what I'm doing. And it's like, oh, I... I can't call you anymore. I can't tell you, and it's, 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 it's almost. I mean, it's it is like a roller coaster. There's so many highs and lows, and you never see it. I mean, it's waves. That's the best way I can say it. It's waves, and you don't know when it's gonna hit. And obviously, when it hits, it's, it's still devastating. And uh, the grieving process is a long one. I can tell you that.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I'm glad I'm not the only one that experiences though, because it'll be something random. Like I'll hear something about like a family friend. I'm like, oh, mom would love to hear this ooh <laughs> can't really call her but I'm, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who like has that
2: Mm-mm. oh yeah and to your point sorry to your point about not being the only one that's alone um as you two being friends who have both lost your mom my uh my roommate the summer before my mom passed this is like in mid, mid-2019 uh one of my roommates was supposed to come back to Hawaii with me and we had just moved in together I mean we're really stoked about it. We we booked the flight, everything was booked. And a couple, like about a week before he was supposed to leave, he gets a call that his mom had stage four cancer and was like, we didn't know what the timetable was. We we were expecting her to pass the whole time. And so I moved in with him and it was like every football game we played. I mean, it got to the point where obviously half a year in between, then we're kind of battling through, I'm helping him through like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And then, come to that winter break my mom's the one who passes before his mom and it's like how good is god um for putting us two together as roommates for there to be for, for us to be there for each other through our the absolute worst moments of our lives and um you kind of obviously uh, you look back on life every your vision the past is 2020 and i'm grateful for all of the instances where you know god was playing his his playing a part in uh just the timeline of my mother passing um it's 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 crazy when you look back at everything
0: oh yeah jesse has got me through so many things our college literally closed and then there was covid and then she moved away and i moved home and i literally haven't seen her since (laughs) but here we are still Mm -hmm. friends and you know I can't even say that I'm friends with my friends from like high school that live in the same state as me. And she's literally in Texas right now. So <laughs> definitely that speaks volumes. Um, but I wanna move on to a little bit of a happier note. Um, what makes you smile when you think about them or what's a happy, happy memory uh, for me? I remember, so she lived in not the cutest house. She lived in like an old plantation home. It was very like what gives me old vibes. It was old, it was an old house um you know when you go to a fancy hotel and they give you a lay so I don't know if it was like um uh it was like after like a popcorn or football game or something but she had all these fake lays in her house and so and like people were coming over to see her because you know like everyone was preparing so this was in like April um she was still up and up and at it you know and every time someone came she would say aloha and she'd give them like this was some fancy hotel like a fake label keep in mind like those fake cheap ones from walmart like the really yeah aloha oh thank you for coming aloha and i think about that i'm like bruh who even thinks to do that like she had all these lays oh mm aloha thank you for coming to my house (laughs) like and she just made the best of that situation like they were coming to spend time with her because they knew she was gonna die but here she is (laughs) aloha here's the lay thanks for coming (laughs) um that's mine for me like if if i'm deep so dang deep in a moment and I'm i'm a whole box of tissues like deep i think about that i'm like oh yeah wait I love her. And like, I am me because of her. And that, that totally gets me out of my funk. Um, that's hard one to
2: follow-up. Uh, for me, I think, it makes me smile when I think about my mom is, I mean, just everything. I, um, one of the main things I, I wrote this in her, her, uh, eulogy, um, she had posted on Instagram a while back for new year's. And, um, she wrote that, uh, she shared that as a family, we are rich, rich in the people and hearts and relationships that God has added to our lives. And I remember reading that I wrote that before, obviously I wrote that before the funeral and at the funeral, we had over a thousand people there. And it was just like, wow, mom, like you did that. You made such an impact on the lives and the people, um, that you encountered every day. And it was from a simple, hi, how are you? Or hi, hello, how are you? And it's it's something that for me makes me smile every day because it's something I can mimic and not, not just mimic, but I mean, being her son, I, I'm a mama's boy and everything she is, I, I kind of am to some, uh, some degree. But to me, I, I hold that near and dear to my heart that I, she had that impact. And now it's my job and my kuleana to to allow her legacy to live through me. And so that's something that makes me smile. Every time I think about her, it's like, oh, you're so good, mom. Like you, you did your job mother. You, You did like job well done.
0: Oh yeah, I remember going to any store and I'd be like, you know, I'm just gonna wait in the car because I know you're gonna see everyone and anyone in that store and I don't want to be freezing in KTA right now. <laughs> like, you go, you go for, a, you know, your hour-long two-item shopping trip and I'll be here in a car, warm. <laughs> so totally, I get that. Um, but it's so crazy because speaking of funerals, uh, I was out at dinner last night and the song that I danced hula at, um, at her funeral was playing and it's like a depressing song I was like why is this restaurant playing this song right now I had a moment at dinner I was like oh my gosh stop speaking to me now's not the time please what song was it um it's called oh it's a Katie E. Rochelle ah got it oh I can't even think of what it's called right now but I was like, really? Like, this is not even a song to be playing in a restaurant. This is not the vibes that you want to be setting for all these couples and families eating right now. Um, But yeah, that's so crazy. But go ahead, Jesse. Sorry, we kind of took that away from you.
1: No, no, I I like hearing about it. Um, I was trying to think of like a specific memory, but I think overall, it's just like, remembering like, so like, I'll still go to um, like our family friends' houses, you know, and just catch up and do whatever when I'm in, when I'm in like Washington, Oregon. And you know, out of the blue now, mind you before I was nothing like my mother, like, (laughs) and Vanel probably remembers me from like freshman, early sophomore year. Like I was very introverted, did not want to talk to anyone. Um, But like over the years now, the last couple of years, people have like started telling me like how much I remind them of my mom. And so like that would bring up like, you know, me, quiet little Jessie sitting on like the opposite end of the couch, just like watching her and like larger than life, um, personality, you know, laughter filling up the room, you know, she could bring like, she could bring the quietest person in like an entire group and make them like just as loud as her. And like, that was just her trait. (laughs) Um, so it's just like bringing back those like little, little flashbacks of like little conversations and little get togethers, um, and seeing her interact with others um bring a smile to their face bring them laughter all you know while she's smiling and laughing um yeah I think that's probably the that that's the thing that popped in my head the most
0: it's so crazy how much they have in common like I swear I have a million random aunties that follow me on Instagram because of her like because they knew her it's like they all knew so many people like me Mm, mm, mm. I had a national title but I don't branch out like that but literally I have all these aunties commenting on my stuff I'm like who is this and then I'm like oh that's that's her so-and-so that she met that one time yeah it's crazy (laughs) it's really crazy
2: see I love that though because for me my mom was the same way I mean there's so so many people at the funeral and it's like when you allow yourself to be blessed God, I mean, God always comes through and in our darkest of times, I mean, that was, it was brutal uh, going through. And then, you know, a couple months later, it's, we had the funeral, it's February 8th and then, you know, a month later it's COVID. And it's like throughout that entire time, I, the amount of friends, family, I, I mean, people I'm not even related to obviously, and all of them just reaching out, trying to see how, how I'm doing or blessing my family in some type of way, whether it's bringing us a meal or something, um, it, it just speaks to how, I mean, it tests to how the impact our moms made, and uh, the people they connected with, and when, I mean, it, it's a blessing, it really is a blessing, when you allow it to be a blessing, obviously.
0: Totally, um, I don't want to re- reality check either of you, but um, what do you think they would say now, in their words, let's make it fun, let's not make it, let's not make it deep, what would they say right now, about you, about life, what you're doing, what would they say?
2: I could easily, I mean, I could go guard your heart. Uh, I think that's always something she's stressed upon me. She was a very uh, faith-based woman. Um, I'd, I would be sick with a fever and she'd come in, and, in Jesus' name, you're healed, Jesus' name. I'm like, uh, no, mom, I'm at this moment, I still have a fever. I'm still sick. I'm very much sick. Uh, I appreciate your prayers, but no. And I think um, she is obviously the reason I have grown so much closer to God. My relationship has strengthened uh, so much. And as, as long as I'm giving God my best, he'll handle the rest. And that's something I know my mom would be preaching over me 24 uh, seven. Also giving me a couple slaps if I'm not acting accordingly. So I already know my mom in the back, like the back of my hand. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm grateful uh, for all those lessons she gave me.
0: <laughs> Same. No, yeah. Um, she's the reason that, Um, I even found the Lord. I mean, she was the only one that took me to church. On my dad's side, um, his parents are evangelical, but that's not the route my dad chose. So I wasn't around the church until she was like, nope, we're going. And then I got into Kamehameha in high school and yada, yada, yada. But um, I didn't get baptized until after she passed away because I kind of did the routine Christian thing. I prayed at Christmas. I prayed at Easter. I prayed at family gatherings. But no, she's she's definitely the reason. Um, and I would also love to see her again. And I know that I will because of, you know, God. Uh, but I think that she would say, brah, I know you never move on. You're not even married. <laughs> I know she would say that. I know she would say that. She would come for me and she'd be like, brah, if you get pregnant, it's over. It's over. Knowing she had two kids before she graduated high school. <laughs> Uh, she would say that though. I can just hear her saying that, full seriousness, but in mock, in mock. She would, brah. I know you never move out, and you guys not married. Sorry, but like we're doing good over here. But I know that's what she would say. <laughs> she'd be trying to call you out. <laughs> no, she would. She would. She absolutely would. And she'd be. She'd do that in like Walmart. She'd be like, brah. You know, you gotta buy plates. Why? Cause you guys would move out. I see. If you lived at home, you wouldn't have to buy plates. You wouldn't have to buy laundry detergent. She'd tell
1: me all of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Um, but you know, mine would definitely be a little bit more, um, that, I, like thought of, of, like a little bit more faith based. Like out of the blue, she would always say, since I was like little, um, you know what the most important thing in the whole wide world is? And she would make me respond and she would say at the same time, is knowing God. And it would be like, yeah, in the middle of Walmart, it'll be middle of the night while we're we'll just chilling watching TV. Um, no rhyme, no reason. We're not reading the Bible. We're not, you know, doing. we're not praying, nothing, just out of the blue. You know what the most important thing in the whole wide world is? Knowing God. <laughs> like, okay, mom. Like, <laughs> somebody says, you know, yes, but like, how is that relevant to us watching Grey's Anatomy right now? Like, that's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she was definitely like a huge part in um, fostering my faith and my relationship with God. So, yay.
0: <laughs> well, on Jesus Talk... Let's end with our favorite verses or if you have a verse that really got you through um, I'll start because mine not only got me through but became very relevant to my day-to-day life and is my absolute favorite verse Um, of course it's a psalm (laughs) it's psalm 34 18 and it's the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit Um, I think I heard this at a funeral once but it just it, it speaks so true to everything that I go through like Oh, I didn't get into this school or oh I, you know, I didn't win this pageant. But no, God, God provides where he guides. And I I I'm like, I'm just that verse just speaks to my Christianity and my being and my reason. And that helped me get through the first year because not only was I sad, but I was depressed and I was not okay. And not I was dealing with moving away from my family on top of losing her. So it was just double whammy. Um, I wasn't making friends, I, I, it was hard. So that verse definitely got me through.
1: So I'll be honest, I don't remember the exact verse. I remember it's in First John, um, I just grabbed her Bible and I'm like trying to figure it out. But anyways, it essentially goes with, we love because he first loved us. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, very introverted, really didn't care about knowing people. They didn't care about, like, loving one another. Um, but it was sometime during college when I discovered that verse and, like, kind of really hit me, you know, and I realized, like, oh, like, also, I feel like my mom is, was one of those people who just loved on everyone. And so, like, I really wanted to adopt that mindset. Um, obviously not enough to remember the actual Bible verse. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's in First John. We love because he first loved us, so.
2: That's a great scripture. Um for me, this was long before my mom passed. This was her favorite scripture. And uh, I actually, in Oklahoma, in, in we had a wood shop class. And I remember making a dresser. I was like, you know what? This is going to be our Mother's Day gift. This is going to be perfect. And I remember at the bottom, I kind of, inscri- I inscribed uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And uh, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and seek him in all your ways. And he will show you which path to take. And for me, for her, that was always that was always the prayer. Um, to the point where that was her password um, to almost everything. And looking back on it, I I was so I felt so lost after she was gone. Um, obviously, she was a person I, I went to for quite a bit bit of things. And once she was gone, I mean, it was really a transitional point in my life of graduating college. I had a couple year, I had a year left of eligibility for football. Um, I, pursuing a career i didn't know what i wanted to do and always kind of fell back on that verse that verse in um isaiah 4031 were my two favorite scriptures um and wait let me look. isaiah 4031 is uh trust in the lord or wait wait on the lord let's see isaiah
0: 40 thank you for the uh the bible app Let's see, Isaiah forty thirty
2: one is, oh dear, oh dear, where is it? Ah, there we go, found it, sorry. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And those two scriptures I really clinged onto while I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And when you don't, I mean, I, I fortunately have my father to kind of guide me through all of this and walk me through each step. But when you don't have that motherly love, it's going to kind of give you those words of encouragement um i drew a lot of strength in those verses and uh obviously that strengthened my relationship with god um and yeah those are both two verses i clinged on to
0: yeah those are good ones and that dresser and that is just that is a beautiful story and a beautiful gift I wish I was gifted enough to have made something. Um, I don't even remember what the last present I gave her, but I do remember the last card she gave me. It was a birthday card, and but it was Christmas. <laughs> and she she scribbled out, Happy birthday, and wrote, uh, Merry Christmas, Didi. Dee Dee. That's what she used to call me. But that's so sweet. Um, but that's all that we have for today. I just wanted to thank you guys for coming on and sharing your story with everyone. I know that this would be an awesome resource. Um, if for whoever can relate and I think a great reality check for those who can't um, because life is very precious and if our three stories have not proven so then I really don't know what will but that's all we have for today Um, see you guys next week for more realness